You never change your strategy. You only improve it. So make sure when you start getting a process improvement opportunities, you are only improving your strategy. You don't change your strategy. You improve process. You don't improve your strategy. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2BMX Podcast. Today, we are going back to our B2BMX online experience from February to replay another popular session, and it was led by Jeremy Middleton, Head of Marketing Strategy and Operations at Kenna Security. You know, it's all about ABM as a foundation and really taking it to the next level. So if you practice account-based marketing, I'm sure you've heard many presentations and webinars and all that on how to execute an ABM strategy. But what happens when all of these strategies, processes, and tools to execute all this, you've got them, but then that revenue is no longer flowing from these efforts. So, I mean... I don't know about you, but you have to change things up, right? Well, Jeremy's got you covered, and in this presentation, he'll walk you through developing a strong but simple ABM foundation and really how to work with your BDR team to make that ABM machine run smoothly and increase efficiency. So he also covers how to help the sales team learn to nurture early stage deals that really boost low conversion rates and crank that revenue up. So Jeremy is a true ABM veteran, and I think you'll get a ton of great tips to apply in your own ABM plays. So I'm going to stop talking and get the session going. Hi there, my name is Jeremy Middleton. Thanks for joining me today. It's too bad we can't be together in person at the conference. Virtual will have to work though, I guess. Uh, today my topic is ABM AF, which is a foundation. Uh, so you set up ABM, it's working, sort of. What do you do next? Uh, just a little bit about myself. You can always reach out to me in the platform during or after the session. You can email me at my email address listed there, or of course, reach out over social media. Uh, I do work at Kenneth Security. I've been there almost two years now, and I'm the head of marketing strategy and operations, as well as the BDR manager. So what that really means is I help uh, set the marketing strategy, but then I make sure our tools and our operational processes track everything as well. So we can, um, one, report on our success, and two, improve where we need to. Uh, and that I try to bring that mentality into the BDR team as well. Um, I have been, I am a three-time ABM implementer. So this is why in this presentation, I'm going to go a little bit past how I implemented our ABM strategy. So what's next? All right, here's our agenda. We've developed an ABM framework at Kenna Security. I want to share it with you and show you how we built that and talk a little bit more about that. I want to go into how's that working? Uh, you know, are we going to see revenue? The sales team really wants to see revenue off of this new framework. So we know there's a natural lag time, but we want to talk a little bit more about how it's working versus uh, sales expectations. Uh, we will be talking about how then you can use this foundation to identify full funnel improvements and how you work with sales to make this work. 
So a fun-filled agenda for the next 25 minutes. All right. I, I have a certain way I approach building an ABM framework. Uh, a lot of times people work on um, you know, developing an ABM program, and they start at the bottom of this stack. You see here, tools, and then they work backwards to make things fit their tools. I, I approach this a little bit differently. Uh, I say you have an agreed upon strategy with the company. You have a product. It meets certain customers' needs. Certain industries uh, need this, right? You can build uh, your targets off of this, your message off of this. Uh, certain titles at the, these companies uh, have these needs. So you build your standard marketing work. But then if you're uh, developing more of an account-based uh, strategy, right, we're not doing the uh, large high-volume efforts. So instead, we, are, we build out processes that target these very specific lists of people and the associated tactics. And I always say, start with fewer rather than more. It's better to be picky than to try to do everything uh, because then as we'll talk about in the next slide, uh, you often end up with a scenario where you're doing a lot of stuff, but you don't know what's working and what's not. How is it fitting together holistically? It gets complicated. So, and last but not least, once you have a process in place, you need to look at your tools. You wanna do specific things. Do those tools do them? This is the time to make a change or maybe simplify. We all have inherited marketing tools over the years uh, because the person who was in your role three, time, three people before you uh, had that tool. It stuck around because it served some need and it was integrated in some way to something else. Then you get the next tool that comes into place and on and on. And next thing you know, you have this big tech stack that is not necessarily uh, what you need to accomplish what you're trying to do today. So I say be just like you're picky about what tactics you run, be very picky about what tools you use to implement those tactics. One of my key goals uh, on top of this is, is to always have a single system of record for one view of marketing. So if a tool will not bring the data into one place, I happen to use Salesforce. If it will not bring data into Salesforce, then I don't use that tool. And so there are very few exceptions where I do not use tools that bring everything into a single system of record. So what should you do and not do in this? That one, don't try to boil the ocean, do it in phases, right? If you're trying to implement an ABM strategy, do it in phases, you will make sure you get what you're doing initially right and then add to it. So this idea of getting the foundations right. And this includes your data piece too. So often people build a great strategy and it looks fantastic, but you don't consider the tools and the data piece. You just assume your tools will work. Again, be picky about that and, and make sure you have the right tools because uh, if not, you're gonna get frustrated when you can't really um, identify what you need to do with the results you're getting or how it all fits together. Um, again, make sure when your data comes into the single system of record, it's data you can use, uh, because when you have data you can use, there's a few things that define that. One, you know what it means at the most fundamental level. Two, it makes sense to other people 
you can consolidate it easily for different audiences, uh, and uh, it's used to improve processes. And this brings up another one of my don'ts. You never change your strategy. You only improve it. So make sure uh, when you start getting a process improvement opportunities, you are only improving your strategy. You don't change your strategy. You improve process. You don't improve your strategy. Your strategy should be 95% there. You tweak it and you go from there. Uh, if you are trying to build, if you, re, if you change your strategy every year because something's wrong, there's a bigger issue and it should be 90% of what you're changing is your process and how you approach it. Your company strategy should be pretty fundamentally intact. And last but not least on the data front, if you can't make sense of your data, you're starting too big. So it goes back to that doing things in phases. So personally at my uh, previous company, uh, I thought I'd bring in some, so how did this work? I, I did this and what how did we see? We saw a reduced tool set budget by 81%, uh, which was fantastic. We actually got rid of half the tools in our tool set. Uh, we saw by with this focus, our ad clicks were getting greater than 2X industry standard. We saw uh, that this was a lot more efficient as well. And the cost of sales accepted leads went down by 81%. And we increased our mid-stage pipeline by 2.5X. So all great results. Um, uh, after we finished this, I actually moved on to uh, Kenna Security. Uh, we've implemented something similar there or here, and uh, we're seeing pretty uh, similar results as well. So this, I wanted to emphasize why I brought up from the previous company is the reason uh, that I brought this up was it is a repeatable model if you follow that uh, methodology I showed before. But here's where it gets interesting. What if your increased marketing metrics are not equaling your increased revenue? This gets into the ABM's working sorta. So the quite so you get bringing these great people or uh, you, these great accounts, uh, but what happens? Are we truly giving our customers what we need once we identify them and bring them in? We we just made all these changes in marketing. Did sales change, or are they just saying, "Oh, great, marketing's doing better stuff"? Remember. This is one big funnel, right? The minute we make changes on one side, you have to make changes on the other. Now, should you do it all at once? Again, do it in phases. There's nothing saying that you have to do it all at once. Uh, and this is, as you're doing that, is a great chance to break down uh, barriers. Uh, not, you know, even the best working together marketing and sales teams are often have two leaders. They have different. Um, different uh, sub-objectives under the company objectives, there's always a chance to work closer together and collaborate for anybody. So let's think about a few key areas. We're working down the buyer's journey. We've set up our strategy. We want to, we've improved marketing. We're ha having the right accounts show interest. At, so if we're working down that buyer's journey, I see uh, three places where we can tighten things up. And this is where I say it's time for ABM, account-based marketing, to become ABE, account-based everything. You can't do it all at once, though. 
uh, which is why I have it broken out into a separate section for my initial implementation. We have this foundation in place. And now let's look at three specific areas that are especially interesting to uh, cover. One is you got marketing is handing often uh, their work to SDRs. So is there any way the SDRs can improve? Well, let, here's some questions to ask, and we'll, we'll look at each of these individually. How do you determine quality of a lead or a meeting or an opportunity that an SDR creates? Well, what is quality? Well, if you think back, let's think back to our strategy. You have a set number of accounts you want to target. Within those accounts, there's a certain customer pain uh, and that customer pain is felt by a certain number of personas or titles at that company. Uh, so at a minimum, should your, should your SDRs be targeting those people at a high level, the right personas at the right companies? If they're bringing the right people in at the right companies, that is an indicator of quality. So that is one thing to consider uh, at, with this. Now, another piece to consider is... How much do they use the marketing information? Remember, I just said I have a single system of record in Salesforce. And if that information is in Salesforce, then it makes sense that you would want to use that information as an SDR because those are the warmest accounts and people at those accounts that we know. And so in this scenario, I'm saying make sure they're using that information well and that should be the first place they go every day to identify their activities for the day. There, the, the hard part about this is, though, is, is related to this next one. Most SDRs are used to being high-volume uh, machines, right? They're not targeted. It takes It can take anywhere from three to nine months for them to really fully understand and buy in to this more targeted model using the information they need. And if you, if they actually are more targeted and using that information sitting in their dashboard in Salesforce, it allows them to bring in the right quality people. So it's all interrelated. But <laughs> there's one big thing that uh, influences this. What's their variable pay? If their variable pay is based on 99% quantity of meetings they set up, they're never going to move to quality. So you have to make sure the uh, variable pay has some quality uh, metric in it. It could be payment. Uh, you only pay if they bring in the right personas and accounts. It could be... Uh, part of their pay is related to getting a proof of concept for the um, uh, for these companies, right? Because that's an indicator of quality if it moves through the pipeline. There's a number of different ways you can do this, but you have to address the commission plans uh, for the SDRs to um, perform and mimic this ABM model. And now, a word from our sponsor. Every business in the world's growth is rooted in the same thing. Growing the revenue, 
And that's exactly why we're here. Terminus gives revenue teams more data, more marketing channels, and more sales and marketing intelligence all in one single platform. Terminus is how modern companies acquire and retain customers by helping marketing, sales, and customer success generate revenue growth across every part of their funnel. See for yourself by scheduling a demo today. That's one piece. So we have a foundation. We improve what the SDRs are doing. Then it's sitting there and it's in the uh, and it's in the funnel, right? The reps are working it. They got it, right? We think they do. They and most reps are very good about follow-up and keeping up with their uh, prospects at companies. But sometimes things fall to the sidelines, right? The large international company takes up a lot of time and you forget to email those other three uh, companies that you had meetings with from two weeks ago. Well, oops, right? I mean, it, it, you have to prioritize sometimes. And, and so uh, I think another really important way to uh, help move uh, ABM throughout the sales and marketing funnel is with an early stage nurture. Now this varies greatly. It varies greatly depending on uh, your business model, who you're talking to, uh, what you're selling, your deal cycle, right? But if you're selling, if you're a B2B company selling to other enterprises uh, of various sizes, right? You need some sort of standardized engagement that you follow uh, after an initial meeting uh, especially if you think about it, if a deal's just going to move forward, the people want to buy now, great. There's no need to worry about that. They say, no, we would never use this product. Great. There's no need to follow up with that. It's that middle ground. It's those, this is very interesting, but I'm not quite sure I can do this right now. There's a standard reasons, right? Budget, timing, uh, product uh, roadmap, whatever it might be, depending on your, where your business is and their maturity. But when you're looking at this, uh, those are the people who need this special attention, right? And so any way you can standardize this as well as put tracking in place is very important because, it, again, if it's not tracked, it, people won't do it, right? There needs to be some visibility to this. All right. Let's be honest. Um, we we're talking about uh, engaging, but there's something else you can do that sort of covers the entire marketing and sales funnel, the account-based everything total funnel. We call it at uh, Kenna the, the triple funnel. We we went in and did a detailed uh, analysis of our customers and people who are not our customers, where we did not get deals, and we found that we needed three separate funnels of activity to target three different types of customers uh, who need our product or should need our product, right? I'm being a little overly optimistic maybe. Um, and what we did was we built out these, these three tracks and to what we did was we clearly assigned roles and responsibilities of marketing, sales, and SDRs based on these different segments. And some of these some of these would make sense, right? You have like a, a, uh, a golf outing and you're inviting the 
the largest uh, largest enterprises uh, and their uh, high sea level people, right? That of course would be a, a sales led motion uh, because it, it's a more expensive activity. Marketing can coordinate it, but we need your sales team there. You don't want your SDRs as good as they may be being the primary contact at a large enterprise sea level event, right? You want to put your top guys there. So in looking at this, uh, we did find some surprising examples that uh, might catch people off guard. One, we took SDRs off our highest priority accounts. And everybody would probably go, that's crazy. That's where you need to focus them. Well, here's what we found. We found SDRs we're getting meetings at these high priority accounts, but they had a very hard time getting to the right level of a champion or decision maker. Because of this, we were spending a lot of time and a lot of effort getting meetings that didn't produce that quality up top we were talking about. It was very hard for them to get that quality because they just couldn't get to those people. Who can get to uh, the right level of people I had a large enterprise. Well, your salespeople with their network can. Partners can. System integrators, a, uh, a McKinsey, right, uh, as an example, uh, has those connections. So what we said was, uh, we're going to pull our SDRs off our highest priority accounts because they're not the right people to hit them. There are other people who are better to hit them. Instead, we are going to have them work the accounts where they can call and they can get the they can get the uh, the uh, C level person on the phone and the C level person uh, will drop a quick Slack message to the team and say, "Hey, you guys heard of this? Is this interesting?" Before you know it, there's a meeting. Right? That is a much more productive use of our SDRs time. We found so number one. <laughs> uh, we took our SDRs off our highest priority accounts. Um, here's another one. Every, there are always some industries that people just love to target. Why? Because they're high profile. There are uh, tons of accounts in them. They're the name brands, right? Uh, retail is an example. There are tons of retail accounts out there. Um, it turns out when looking at retail accounts, uh, we churn more in those, right? Why would we want to target in a, a group just because they're popular and well-known if it leads to uh, less customer reten retention? So using that as an example, we said, we're going to take out some very common industries that people like to target, and we're not going to target them because that's what's best for the business. So that's another example of something we did. Um, last, marquee logos are not as great as we thought. Well, it, they are great. Let's be honest. Marquee logos are great. Everybody wants the biggest Fortune 50 companies on their website listed. Who doesn't want that? But what we found was these guys also, especially you know, for a, uh, a growing uh, company of our size, we found these companies take up a lot of our resources and a lot of our time and other companies that aren't marquee logos, maybe they weren't quite as mature in their security profile. They loved our product and were just happy to ha have it. 
And who doesn't want a happy customer, right? Not that the marquee logos were not, but if you could get if you could get ten small customers or smaller customers that are perfectly happy with your product and take little uh, maintenance and upkeep from your team, who wouldn't want that? So we realized it's time to diversify and broaden as well. So what we did was we developed this triple funnel of engagement. And we had very specific activities for very specific purposes and for different specific accounts. And so what this has done is this has dramatically shifted our ability to use the whole organization as one large engagement team, which is really exciting. All right, so your marketing results. You're worried quite turning out like you'd hoped. Well, one, what should you do in summary to talk about what we've gone over here? Build the strong foundation. Strategy first, tools last. Always measure and improve, right? Once you get that strategy in place, don't change it. Improve your process, improve your tools. And remember, just because you make a shift in marketing and you're very proud of it doesn't mean that the sales, sales team has shifted. You have to get them on board, and you don't have to do it all at once, but you do need to uh, work with them and collaborate with them to get even tighter engagement because you can always work together better. And my three examples of, of how to do that that are easy because they uh, start closest to marketing, then work along the Funnel is make sure your SDRs are aligned uh, with marketing strategy and quality. Uh, do an early stage, help the sales team build a standardized early stage nurture uh, to make sure that is happening and trackable. And finally, get everybody engaged in prospecting in a what we called our triple funnel for our, our different uh, customer prospects who need fundamentally different things. All right. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Uh, again, here's my information. If you needed any help whatsoever or have any questions following this up, it's much more fun to ask in person and chat afterwards, but that's not the world we live in today. Maybe next time. So again, thanks for attending and have a great day. All right. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. I hope you got a ton of notes to expand your ABM foundation throughout your entire organization. And honestly, if you liked this session, you have to check out our B2BMX Next Level ABM online event this coming June. We'll be covering the gamut of account-based marketing. So whether you're new to ABM or you're an already an experienced practitioner looking to fine tune your strategy, we've got you covered. We'll provide all of the hot takes, all the tips and case study examples from some of the industry's top thought leaders and practitioners. So registration is open, save your seat, and yeah, thank you for tuning into today's episode. As always, be sure to subscribe to the pod so you don't miss any new episode drops. And of course, you could find us on all of the major podcast players out there. And then as always, drop me a line on Twitter or LinkedIn if you have any feedback or future guest suggestions. Thanks again, everyone. I'll catch you next time.